We're glad you've joined us on Songs of Praise, an hour of musical reflection to encourage your heart.
Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight Visions of rapture now burst on my side Angels descending, bring from above Echoes of mercy, whispers of love This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Praising my Savior all the day long listening to Songs of Praise. It's our desire to encourage and uplift your thoughts to our loving Creator God.
This ends my fear. I 
Upon a tree. Oh. 
Psalm 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who hast set thy glory above the heavens.
As he sat there on the park bench all alone With silver hair, wrinkled brow, eyes gleaming He smiled and said, I'm thinking about my home I sat down and we shared some laughs together And the cinema of remembrance it did roll We talked about life's games and its losses But mostly we just talked about his home He said, I'm thinking about home Thinking about going Ready to be moving on It won't be long before the sun will set And I'll be gone But until then I'll be thinking about home I said, tell me, old man Where's your home and what's it like? He said, oh, ain't nothing round here You see a king had it built and gave the deed to me And all of God's family will be there He said, I'm thinking about home, thinking about going Yeah. 
His blood was spilled for all our race. His blood was spilled for all our race. And sprinkles now the throne of grace. Five bleeding wounds he bears. Received on Calvary, they pour effectual prayers. They strongly plead for me. Forgive him, oh, forgive, they cry. Forgive him, oh, forgive, they cry. Nor let that ransom sinner die. I now am reconciled. His pardoning voice I hear. He owns me for his child. I can no longer fear. With confidence I now draw nigh. With confidence I now draw nigh. And Father of a Rocky.
In time.
Songs of Praise endeavours to draw your heart, mind and soul to a close relationship with your Saviour, Jesus Christ.
Standing here in silence Upon a midnight hill The stars are glowing endlessly And the air is also still And gazing in the distance I still can't understand How the prince who rules the universe Came down to be a man
Join us again next time on Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio, to enjoy more uplifting music. Listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading. Today, we are continuing with the book Deeply Esteemed The Life and Ministry of H.C.K. Harker. The reader is Dr. Barry Harker, the author and also the grandson of Pastor Harold Harker, the subject of the book. Here is our reader. Chapter 17 Deep Blue Waters. Harold remained in Launceston in 1936, moving the tent mission to another part of Launceston. His assistant was brother P.J. Wright. Of the children, only Phyllis and Jack now lived at home. Phyllis helped Harold set the printing stamp each week and then helped print hundreds of the current evangelistic address. These were distributed for the duration of the mission so that those who did not attend the mission were able to follow the subjects presented. Phyllis decorated the tent with flowers, welcomed people at the entrance and handed out songbooks while Harold led out in the song service. Afterwards, while Harold shook hands at the entrance, Phyllis took down the charts and began to clean up. When all was ready for the next meeting, Harold and Phyllis said goodbye to Brother Wright and travelled home by tram to Basin Road. On March 5, 1936, Eric married Mary Gray at Quakers Hill outside Sydney. Pastor J.W. Kent officiated. Harold and Anne were not able to attend the wedding, Once the mission commenced, it was not possible for Harold to get away. In September, Harold travelled to Melbourne for the Australasian Conference session, but was not able to attend Winifred's wedding on October 7 to Percy Allen in the Stanmore Church in Sydney. It was very disappointing, but the family were used to sacrifices for a greater good. Percy Allen's father was the late Pastor John Allen, a well-respected pioneer worker in Australia. By the time of her wedding... Winifred had worked for some years as an accountant for the Sanitarium Health Food Company. On holidays, she generally visited her parents wherever they lived. Pastor Len Minchin, who was at Avondale College with Percy Allen, married Percy and Winifred. On the first weekend in February 1937, Harold travelled to King Island and Bass Strait. Harold's assistant in Launceston, Brother P.J. Wright, had been there for several months and had mapped out an itinerary for Harold's three-day visit. Harold was to conduct six meetings, visit a number of people with whom Brother Wright had been studying the Bible, and conduct baptisms. King Island is roughly midway between Tasmania and Victoria. It's about 45 miles long and 15 miles wide. Exposed to the strong winds that buffet Bass Strait, King Island was initially used for raising fat cattle, but had become renowned for its dairy industry. There were four butter and six cheese factories on the island. When Brother Wright arrived, there were five Sabbath keepers on the island. He set off on his bicycle to visit them and discovered that the interest on the island had decidedly cooled in recent months. The resident minister attacked the young heretic from his pulpit and refused to see him. Despite the opposition, seven people had made a decision to be baptised. Thus it was that at 11 o'clock on Sabbath morning, February 6th, Sixteen people were assembled on the sandy seashore of Outer Curry Harbour 
for the most important of Harold's meetings, the baptism. The weather had been unsettled for the previous week and conditions were anything but favourable for an open-air baptism, but in answer to their prayers, God granted ideal weather. Brother Wright described the occasion. After listening to Pastor Harker's short but inspiring address in which he dealt with the responsibilities and privileges of belonging to the family of God, the candidates prepared themselves for baptism in a shelter erected on the beach a couple of days previously. Meanwhile, Pastor Harker had entered the deep blue waters and then with skies overhead for a canopy, the surf dashing and foaming over the rocks outside the harbour entrance and the sandy beach and green hills behind for a background, there was an act of the scene which must have been witnessed many times around the shore of the Sea of Galilee. First, a husband and wife entered the water together and thereafter with Christian dignity, the other candidates followed. Surely the angelic host rejoiced at the simple yet inspiring sight. Brother Wright continued his account of Harold's visit. Through physical infirmity, one of our good brothers was unable to be present. But the day following, a private baptism was performed at his home. Previous to the baptism, at his request, we held a very solemn service at which our brother was anointed in accordance with the instruction given in God's word. And we earnestly sought God, asking that if it be according to his will, our brother should be raised to health and strength to glorify his maker and redeemer. Brother Wright organised the new members, with three previously baptised and three children, into a church company. The majority had never been inside a Seventh-day Adventist church, and they faced many challenges on this isolated island, not the least being the trenchant opposition to their new faith. Harold returned to Launceston with wonderful memories of his trip to King Island. After returning from King Island, Harold conducted a wedding on February 15 before travelling to Hobart for the Tasmanian camp meeting held at Glen Orkey, Hobart, February 18-28. to At the camp, Harold was asked to relocate to Hobart. He was also to serve on the conference executive. Early in October 1937, Harold accompanied Pastor H. Moles, the conference president, on a weekend visit to Launceston. Three people were to be baptised, two of whom were uniting with the Launceston Church. The next weekend in Hobart, four people joined their Lord in baptism and united with the Hobart Church. On December 12, Harold gave the address at a baptism for ten people at the Hobart Church. Pastor Moles conducted the baptism. Nine of the candidates were from the Collinsville district, where Brother S. Utley had conducted a mission. It was Harold's 60th birthday. In January 1938, Harold read a report in the Australasian Record written by Pastor James Lawson, which gladdened his heart. Two ladies who had heard Harold preach more than 30 years before in Victoria, but who did not respond to his appeals at the time, were baptised in Melbourne on December 4, 1937. The ladies expressed themselves as highly honoured to participate in the baptism. In February 1938, Harold and Pastor Moles conducted the funeral for Sister Clara Jane St. Legger, whom they baptised about a year before. 87-year-old Sister Legger first listened to the Adventist message more than 40 years before. She heard Sister White preach and had been much impressed. It took her almost to the end of her life before she made the decision to be baptised. 
1938 a Tasmanian camp meeting was cancelled due to an outbreak of infantile paralysis or polio and only the Tasmanian conference session was held that year. It convened in the Hobart Town Hall, February 17-20. to Harold was asked to accept responsibility for the churches along the northwest coast. Harold, Anne, Phyllis and Jack moved to Ulverstone. Harold planned a mission there and was to be assisted by Brother L.S. Barnes. To the east, at Bridport and Scottsdale, Brother George Burnside was labouring in an area where a company of believers was raised up by Harold's previous assistants, Brethren Dave Rennan and P.J. Wright. While in Ulverstone, Harold conducted a mission in Forth, which was a few miles to the southeast of Ulverstone. Each afternoon of the mission, Phyllis rode to Forth with Harold on their bicycles. They left the road and cycled over bush tracks and then walked their bicycles over a railway bridge to reach Forth, reversing the journey after the mission was over. Before crossing the railway bridge, Harold put his ear to the railway track to see if a train was coming. Their contingency plan was to stand where the fetlers stand if they should be surprised by a train. After a fright one day, Harold asked the lady to put out a white cloth when the train was imminent. The mission was held in a house. On the return journey, they had their bicycle lights to guide them home. Moonlight nights were great for visibility, but dark, cloudy or rainier evenings were something of a nightmare. Reaching the road, Harold and Phyllis called out to each other to keep over as car lights from in front or behind were more powerful than their bicycle lights. At home, Anne and Jack prayed for their safety. Later, in 1938, Brother Ellis Barnes moved further west to Irishtown to conduct a mission there. Harold continued his work in Ulverstone, and Brother George Burnside expanded his work from Bridport and Scottsdale to Derby. Brother Burnside spoke on radio from Derby each Sunday evening to an interested audience. As Pastor George Burnside, he was to become one of the two most successful Seventh-day Adventist evangelists in Australia, the other was Pastor J.W. Kent. The Australasian Union Conference Annual Council meetings in September 1938 resulted in a call for Harold to return to the South New South Wales Conference. At the subsequent South New South Wales camp meeting in October, Harold was asked to work with Pastor W. Morris and Brother F. Basham at Ashfield in Sydney. Harold and Anne looked forward to being closer to their adult children but were sad to be leaving Tasmania where so many places evoked rich memories. On December 10, the Bridport Scottsdale Church was organised after Brother George Burnside baptised 11 people. The baptism coincided with the worst storm in 50 years and was moved from the sea to a sheltered spot in the Brid River. Harold rejoiced in the establishment of another church in the north. It was a satisfying end to another year and a fitting way to finish his second period of ministry in Tasmania. Chapter 18. Ebenezer Harold, Anne, Phyllis and Jack travelled to Sydney in December 1938 and moved into a house in Enfield. Phyllis left home to attend Avondale College. Harold's work involved following up interests from the radio church, coal porter work and lay work, as well as attending to some pastoral duties. When names and addresses were handed to Harold and his colleagues, in almost every case arrangements were made for Bible studies in the home. This meant that Harold continued doing a good deal of his work in the evenings when families were together. 
In August 1939, in a brief report entitled Ebenezer, which means hitherto the Lord has led us, one of Harold's favourite bylines, Harold informed the readers of the Australasian record that those who had been sent Bible studies on request were the most advanced in their understanding. In one such case, the team of workers found a mother and daughter already keeping the Sabbath when they visited. Another eight had accepted the Adventist message and a further eight were deeply interested. Harold continued his report with these words. In writing this brief report, we should like it to be understood that we take no credit, but are merely grateful of entering into other men's labours and sharing the results with those who so kindly handed us the names. Thus is proved the truth of the words of the Apostle Paul, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Soon the war on Europe cast its long shadows over the world. Harold also experienced some troubles of his own in Sydney. Alighting from a tram on the wrong side and taking a shortcut across the road outside Burwood Station, Harold was struck on the hip by the sidecar of a motorbike and knocked to the ground. Anne and her mother Hannah arrived at the station just after the accident to see a man lying on the road receiving attention. When they came closer, they realised that it was Harold. The ambulance took Harold to the Western Suburbs Hospital in Liverpool Road. X-rays were taken, but did not reveal any fractures. He was discharged from hospital the next morning, very bruised and limping but otherwise unhurt. For a number of weeks, Harold received treatment at the Sydney Sanitarium and Hospital. He realised that his own carelessness could have cost him his life. It was a serious reminder that he must not presume upon God's protection or put others at unnecessary risk. He determined to be more careful in future. Although no bones were fractured in the accident, Harold continued to experience problems with his hip. Previously he damaged the cartilage in a knee alighting from a tram as it was stopping. And although the problem with his knee eventually disappeared, he retained a slight limp from the mishap outside Burwood Station. By mid-1940, the extensive interest awakened by the Advent Radio Church occupied most of Harold's time as he visited and studied with listeners. A baptism was planned. Harold also took time to write. Many of his evangelistic addresses were published, but now he focused on brief studies from the Bible and the writings of Sister White. Each had a practical Christian message. There were studies on the importance of proper Sabbath observance and tithing, our duty to the poor and needy, our influence, the danger of erroneous ideas, and the sin of covetousness. To be continued. Don't forget to tune in next time for the next chapter of Deeply Esteemed, the life and ministry of H.C.K. Harker. Listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. Later in the psalms, we shall read psalms from other people, but this one, Psalm 20, again is from David and is directed to the choir director. And the subject of this psalm is Rejoice in God's Salvation. May the Lord keep watch over you when troubles come. And may the power of the God of Jacob give you victory. 
May his help come from the holy sanctuary and strength come out of Zion. May the Lord remember your freewill offerings and accept the burnt offerings you bring to him. May he give you what you long for and give you success in all your plans. We will rejoice in your salvation, O Lord, and in God's name we will raise our banners. May the Lord answer your heartfelt prayer. I know now that the Lord saves his anointed ones. He will speak to him from his dwelling place and give him strength from his right hand. Some put all their trust in chariots and horses, but we know it is the name of the Lord that saves. They have fallen in battle and been crushed, but we stand upright like the conquerors we are. Save us, O Lord. Answer us when we call upon you.